Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Purposeful Marketing Podcast. Just Aaron and Mary here, and I should also say my baby daughter, Lucia, is joining as well on this pod. Um, if you've been listening to the show, again, we have new listeners because we're bringing on new people. And what we try to do with myself, Mary, and James is we have three different perspectives, which is normally um, strategy, paid media, and content. And we've been trying to bring people on who have different expertise than us. And through that, we ask these questions. And the question is what gets us to the answer. So we like to chat, deconstruct, dialogue. And through that, hopefully you find some truth, some understanding, and something new that you didn't think about before. Because we like to do this every day. We hope you do too. So with that being said, this is going to be another Mops conversation. Brought on a wonderful guest today. His name is Mike. I'm just going to throw it over to Mike so you can give us your intro and just talk about yourself for a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> the easiest thing to do uh, ever is talk about yourself said no one ever <laughs> um, no I appreciate you having me on uh, I am Mike Rizzo I'm the founder of a community known as the Mo Pros community which stands for marketing operations professionals as you might imagine uh, as Aaron said uh, this is a mops sort of related episode And I uh, endeavored to create an environment where I would not feel so alone as a marketing operations professional, which is a pretty common state of mind and place to be in. Um, And so back in 2017, I launched a little channel on Slack, Um, certainly had no intention of creating a community around it. But over time, uh, people kept finding my little Medium blog post. Being in automation, I said, gosh, I cannot do one-to-one invites, so let's figure out how to automate this a little bit more. Uh, And in doing so, we started to grow at about 120 people a month uh, back in 2019, and that trend has not slowed. So uh, I was in a community-minded role, boomeranged my way back to Mavenlink and started focusing on building this community of practice while I was building a B2B customer like SaaS community and client advisory board. So um, I am fortunate now to have acquired the domain marketingops.com and we became the community of marketingops.com just over a year ago. And it's been a really, really fun ride. Um, When we say community led, like we actually mean it (laughs) uh, because we are a community of practice and pretty much everything you see programmatically that comes out of marketingops.com and the MoPros is because someone at some point asked for it. <laughs> so that's me. Thanks for that, Mike. So again, with, with Mops and why I love these conversations is because my skill set and Mary's skill set, which is really in strategy, um, but we had to do Mops work and we understand yeah. the pain of doing it. But what we don't truly understand is someone who has to do this all the time. So I think with that idea, I think really the big question is um, really what are the pain points for these Mops people? Because if we understand that, then I think as strategists or other marketers, like we can help you out. Uh, and I think that was something I learned when we talked to Sydney last time is the way she was thinking, the way she was talking. I didn't even understand that. And that was yeah. like the beauty of like hearing her say that. So um, this is really going to be super open question. So I'll kind of give it to you, Mike, first. If you just maybe want to talk about one or two pain points, then Mary, you can follow up. <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, Notwithstanding, I think a lot of us cry uh, similar to (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to Mops problems and strategy. Um, So I think it's fitting, actually, that she's here uh, expressing a little bit of herself in that way, because like there are pain points that come up in marketing operations all the time. And I'm I'm just going to come out and say it like 
I have been a strategist as well at an agency. Um, I, I was sort of at an inbound focused agency um, and I straddled the line between e-commerce clients and B2B clients as well. Um, and the reality is, is that like, there is no amount of marketing ops work that isn't somehow strategic. Like, I don't care which way you slice it. Um, marketing operations professionals are doing some level of strategic thinking at every step around every single corner. And so I would say that the biggest pain point or one of the biggest pain points for a marketing operations professional is that um, they're not brought into strategic conversations soon enough is really what it comes down to. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times where somebody's come to me and been like, ah, can we just like send, it actually just happened recently. <laughs> and like one of the, one of the clients that I'm working with right now is like, Hey, we just like want to deploy these digital um, wallet like passes to, to our attendees at this event that we're going to host. And um, you know, we got this tool. I won't name the tool. Uh, and you know, we, we want to get these in their hands. Well, you know, that turned into, okay, so yeah, when they hit the form, we're going to send them a workflow that registers them in Zapier. Zapier hooks it back across. We're going to append that to a record and then we're going to do this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, great. It's automated and we're good to go. Oh, no, no, no. We don't need it to be automated. We need it just a one-time batch and deploy. Oh, okay. Let me go rework that whole thing, right? Uh, oh, well, now how do I fetch the data out of it? So at the very beginning of what that entire ask was, was I, I failed as a marketing operations professional to ask the right question. Like I assumed incorrectly that you wanted it to be automated and, and ongoing. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want that, but, um, <laughs> and then, but I did mess that up. And then, and so scoping that challenge, right. But, but really like the product has no integration capabilities. And so we had to go pay for Zapier. And then hook into a spreadsheet and append that data to the records and then go through all this hoopla just to be able to get this out the door. And guess what? When they came back later and said, hey, we noticed like, you know, 30% of the list has installed the wallet. We want to do a redeploy. Well, fetching the data of who's actually downloaded it <laughs> is also a manual thing. And so, like, let's talk strategically about why we want these things to be implemented and how. And then let's find the right tool sets so we don't run into a situation where we have to go scale and like do manual work to make it all happen. Um, great example. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here is, I am, like, giving myself kudos. Great example. Yes, that was like, that was really good. That was a perfect example. I mean, and it's like, it goes back to exactly what Aaron and I talk about on this podcast every time is like always making sure you're asking the why. And we have both fallen into the yes man trap, right? Where yeah. as a marketing professional, you're honestly like, I remember this as a marketing specialist and then into a marketing manager. You're kind of just even excited to just be brought on. So yeah. when they're like, hey, can you just like deploy this thing for us? You're like, yes, like I would love to be in on this like cool business project. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I should have asked a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, every single time it's like, and you learn that over time, right? In your career, you definitely learn that you should be asking why. And and the challenge is, you know, going back to the idea of challenges is like, how do you ask why without sounding like a jerk? <laughs> it's like, well, why do you want to do that? It's like, don't ask yes. me why, just do it. <laughs> yes. Um, and so uh, like, 
I don't know, tactically, strategically, uh, delicately being able to ask that question is a, is an art that I don't think I've actually mastered. Um, but I know, I know some people have. <laughs> yeah. I love that we went here with this first. Cause I think what the thing we're talking about in the mindset with it is what you're going to struggle with in any marketing role and something that I've been trying to do recently and not because our show is called the purposeful marketing podcast, but is like, I'll literally write down the purpose and outcome that I need in any conversation. So then I'm just framed around that. And what I was hearing, again, you you talk and Sydney talk as well, is I think with mops, because people don't understand all the in the weeds, technical, tactical stuff, like it becomes not like conductive conversations, right? You're like, we need all these like little things. We need this digital pass, as you're saying. And then you're like, okay, no, no, no. Let's go a little higher. What do we strategically need to do? What's the outcome? And then if you're equipped with that and mops, you can probably get them a better solution. I think more often than not, what I hear is like people start with the technical tactical stuff and you're like, oh my God, I have to sift through this and figure out like what they need. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it definitely, um, it definitely comes down to, to trying to figure out like the, I like what you said when frame, framing up like your conversations around sort of the purpose and the outcome. I think like anytime you begin with the end in mind, whether that's like first touch, last touch, like attribution type of stuff, or just general like reporting and questions that you want to build around the types of reports you want to you want to see in your dashboards, whether that's Marketo or HubSpot or Salesforce, it doesn't matter. Um, it's what is it that you're trying to show somebody, and like what is the actual outcome that you're looking like? What's the narrative, right, or or the experience that you're trying to um, impart upon whether it's your internal customer, you know, the stakeholders that you serve or, um, or your customers themselves. Uh, I think always beginning with the end in mind is something that I probably say that, uh, I don't know, at least a dozen times a week, <laughs> um, you know, Hey, build us a dashboard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For what? <laughs> you know, one other question for you to flow on. Cause I think, I think what we're kind of pinpointing to is like, um, sometimes your marketing peers don't know what to ask mops. And I think sometimes the leadership doesn't really know what the mops function does or like, how should I even activate mops? So like, do you have any ex- experience on that or like any stories you want to tell about mops working with leadership? Yeah, I think this is more about like um, leadership. If you get a chance to tune into this, <laughs> um, you know, it's your marketing operations professional especially somebody that's been around for, a, a, let's call it three to five years. That doesn't sound like a lot of time, but usually you start to get pretty uh, ingrained into the tech stack and, and sort of the art of the possible um, somewhere in that bandwidth of time. And, and the more tenured they become, um, the more quickly they understand the foundations of what good looks like and can anticipate sort of around the corner what you might be thinking about next. Um, that isn't to say that your marketing operations professional is going to become your director of growth marketing or your strategic leader, your SVP or your CMO. Um, it is also not saying that they shouldn't eventually become those things down the (laughs) line. Um, but they understand fundamentally, like the inputs become the outputs and quality data in is quality data out. And so um, when you are looking to enter a new market, 
if you're an executive in sales or marketing, et cetera. Um, if you are looking to launch a new product line, if you are looking to understand which segments might be best suited for the next campaign you want to push, in all likelihood, the person who can answer all of those questions is going to be a tenured marketing operations professional. And then they may start asking for foundational things like, do you have a UTM strategy? And is it documented? And where is it tracked? And how do you report on that? How do those roll into your lead sources and the way in which you measure the performance of your business? Um, all of those things. And who needs to see it, right? Do you want to attach things to campaigns in Salesforce if that's a tool that you're using? And do you want parent-child relationships in those? As you architect your go-to-market strategy and you think about these um, audiences that you want to serve, these territories that you want to sell into, the structure of how you measure all of that stuff, that falls back into the hands of your technologists. It's the same thing that you do with IT or your dev team that's building a SaaS product. There's probably a lot of different ways that you could deploy certain features into different SaaS tools, depending on the technology they're writing, you know, using to write the code. But the right way versus the I want to get it done way, <laughs> you would never tell a developer, no, just get it done and we'll completely refactor the code base later so that we can go do ever, whatever it is we need to do next. Like you wouldn't do that. You don't want to create that technical debt in your SaaS platform tech stack. You definitely don't want to create that technical debt when it comes to your architecture or your marketing architecture, right? Like all of that revenue tech stack needs somebody to think about how does this scale and then what do we need to be aware of in the future? I don't know if that's enough for an executive, but I really hope it is. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. Um, I especially like the thinking ahead and, you know, prioritizing quality over speed. And Aaron and I were just talking about this recently, how marketing and sales, especially from like the executive level, is under such an enormous amount of speed pressure. And that falls under the operations professionals also. Is like, to your point exactly, like engineering, product, IT, it's going to be like, okay, you know, we don't really understand it. So we're going to let you guys do what you need to do. And it takes how long it takes. But when it comes to like marketing and sales, they seem to be like the on-off switch for leads, pipeline, and revenue. It's like, <laughs> well, what can you do for me tomorrow that's going to get me pipeline in the door next week, right? So I love that you took a step back and just, you know, prioritizing quality over speed matters in marketing and sales, despite what many executives might believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, look... I'm running a marketingops.com and uh, we've got we've got our event coming up and all these things, right? And like I started the morning on this high yesterday. <laughs> I was like, it feels like we're gonna be great. And by the end of the day, I was like pinging, I literally like slacked the team and was like, what emails are going out this week to like do whatever, <laughs> right? And I was like, and thankfully, you know, we're we're well organized enough to to have a calendar and a process and a list that we might want to target and all of those things. Uh, but those are the foundational elements that we have in place that we don't have to go. Well, who in our database could we possibly send a message to? Uh, we've sort of got a lot of that mapped out. But that's the foundational stuff that matters that allows you to move more quickly with quality, so that we don't just send like spam messages out. But I fall into the trap myself all the time where I'm like, oh, like 
get it done. What are we going to do? How are we going to get these tickets sold? All these things, right? Um, and you got to like, you have to be able to give the respect to to these uh, individuals that are running these programs um, to realize that the customer's experience is what matters, right? And and they need to uh, like. It's such an interesting space to be in when you're in marketing ops. Like you get to help dictate like what actually goes out to people and how frequently and and help control that customer experience in a way that really drives revenue. Like I understand you won't be able to say that by hiring a marketing ops person, I increase my revenue 3x. Um, but I really hope one day we could do that. But <laughs> the reality is, it's like, yeah, you you do some back office stuff that's like magic that really protects the business. At the same time, when I say it's interesting, um, you're probably one of the very few people in an organization, executives, I hope that you turn into this, like that actually reads the legal documents and like the privacy policies <laughs> on websites, right? Because like you're responsible for like GDPR and compliance. And so I found myself in roles in the past where I went and read our legalese on our page on the website. And I was like, hey, y'all, like our privacy policy hasn't been updated in, I don't know, seven years. <laughs> like we should probably update that because rules are changing. And so now you're also equally, not only are you protecting your customer's journey and experience, you're one of the very few in the company that's protecting the company's experience, right? The, the brand visibility and the um, sort of the compliance that it has, right? So when someone sends you a list that's like a cold list and they're like, can we send an email blast to everybody? You're like, no, we cannot. <laughs> and this is why. Um, and so you, you're, you're sort of, I don't know, and you have a really, a lot of power uh, as long as you convey that in a way that's like constructive. Right. Yeah. I think what's in the agreement with me is like that idea you're talking about like protecting the business. And I think again, every marketer, you've got to practice this. It's, Think about the business and the objectives. Now, how does my function and role contribute to that? I think with MOPS, another pain point I want to get to, probably the last one is, again, you're so crucial to everything going on, but MOPS role is probably the hardest to measure. Again, Mary and I are going to be measured on pipeline. We're going to be measured on these huge activities like our messaging or GTM messaging is getting to the right people, right time. But when we think about MOPS and how crucial they are to that working well, like I couldn't even tell you what your KPIs are like to measure you as like individual. Like I have no idea. So that's something else you deal with a lot. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. And yes. Uh, I am. So each year we do the state of the MoPro research um, and we ask about the KPIs because it's an open-ended question for myself as a practitioner, as a organizer of this community of professionals Um Interestingly, it is often uh, the the pipeline is the number one KPI sort of measurement uh, device that they have. I always sort of frown at that one, um, and and the reason is like I really hope the the answer to that question is about throughput on on pipeline, like how quickly does it go from stage to stage because MOPS is implementing enrichment and the right amount of internal notifications and et cetera, right? So you're moving that that lead to MQL to SQL to op sort of stuff. Uh, really, it's about the throughput, but not about the generation. Because um, you're I not a love, marketer. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> I love, love, love that you said that, Mike, because I think 
way too often, every single marketing professional, regardless of their job title, regardless of their responsibility, regardless of their skill set, is measured on whatever the entire marketing department is measured on, MQLs, pipeline, whatever. To your point, like I can't generate pipeline as a marketing <laughs> ops professional. I can help the marketing team and the sales team like understand how pipeline is generated so they can go do it more, but right. I can't actually myself influence pipeline. So I just love that you pointed that out because I think that's another, you know, we're talking about speed over quality, especially in like the technology and SaaS space. Sometimes marketing can just be overgeneralized, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely can be overgeneralized. And, and I, I hope that, you know, again, like a takeaway for those who've got marketing ops professionals in their organization, or you're looking to hire them, um, you shouldn't think of them as a demand gen unit. Uh, you certainly should not assign tasks to them that are demand gen oriented. They, they, at the end of the day, they are not demand gen marketers. Uh, however, they can greatly influence the strategic go-to-market motion to help speed up the process or create um, campaign operations frameworks that let you maybe scale go-to-market a little faster, right? So if you came to me, Mary, and you said, hey, like, we want to be able to do, uh, you know, three webinars a month uh, for the next, you know, two years, and it's like, great. Uh, I'm going to find the right tools and the right technology and the easiest possible way to do that. And oh, by the way, like, what are the staple things that are going to go into every single email and every single webinar? Because if I'm using Marketo, I might want to tokenize those things. If I'm using HubSpot, I may want to create an ingest flow that hits maybe Asana or whatever project management tool you're using, ClickUp. Um, and then we're going to more effectively and efficiently go to market together. Right. But then you can start measuring your team on sort of like, how do you measure your product team? Right. Like they're measured on their ability to push code sometimes. They're a bit measured on their ability to fix bugs and to close out tickets and right size those tickets, depending on the methodology that they use. And so, well, you could start measuring your marketing ops team the same way. Right. They should have a queue of things that are aligned to certain go-to-market activations, maybe for different products or different regions or different teams? And then are they successful at hitting those targets and enabling the teams to be able to do that? Like, that's a great way to measure your marketing ops Heck team. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally have not been in many organizations that actually do that. Um, right, it's right. sort of like a dream state for me, but, yeah, uh, you know. We'll just keep saying it until somebody does it. <laughs> yeah, that definitely resonates. I think just like any of our roles, like you almost have to advocate like how they should be measured because um, people just don't know. Um, something you said that was interesting with MOPS is I think if MOPS is involved in the GTM strategy, I think we get better outcomes. And like even my own experience at Proofpoint Marketing, John Peel, our MOPS person who <laughs> I passed MOPS and some other things to him. Um, Mike, so just letting you know, because um, <laughs> essentially this is what he's doing. Like he was involved in the whole, our GTM strategy POV is so much different than everyone is where like you should actually shouldn't think about revenue as like the main driver. You should think about relationships. Now you can scale referrals. So we had to go build a GTM motion and we had to go build the mops for that. And since John was involved from the leadership and strategy at the beginning, like he did some amazing things. Like we have some new ways to measure. We have some new tools, some new processes, some new systems. 
And it's essentially because he's getting to do all the things that you said that other mobs people don't get to do, which is like, that's kind of a lesson too. It's let mobs people be involved in leadership, strategy, and like the execution implementation, you're going to get better outcomes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, any response to that, Mike? Plus a thousand. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> That's my response. <laughs> Plus a thousand, yeah. Probably a little um, okay, so the back half of the show, I really wanted to talk about, um, again, building community since you have experience with this. Um, this happens every single time we bring a guest on, we start talking. And then we were like, we got to hit record because we're already doing the show. When we did <laughs> yeah. that, you were talking about, um, basically, your community is agency agnostic. So I just want to get you the floor to talk about that. I may have some follow-ups, Mary, some have some follow-ups, but I thought it was a really interesting comment. Yeah. I mean, um, we're a community of practice. We aren't owned and we will continue to not be owned for as long as we can <laughs> um, by any one organization other than ourselves, right? Um, which means that we need to remain net neutral on um, sort of you know, who we're affiliated with, like all, all groups are treated equally. Um, you're not allowed to ever come into the community and like talk about, I mean, there's a shameless plug channel. So we, we definitely create avenues for that. Right. But, um, you're not allowed to prospect and sell and all those things. So if you're a SaaS company, uh, and you're a salesperson, don't come in, um, uh, just plain and simple, <laughs> don't do it. Um, <laughs> But if you're, you know, working for a SaaS organization and you want to be helpful, that's okay. If you're working for an agency, that's okay. But at the end of the day, we're, we're not there to rep some other company's sort of um, go-to-market lead gen program, right? We certainly have sponsorship programming that helps us keep the lights on. Um, but like even those, we tailor every single thing that we build uh, is usually some sort of like branch of a conversation that I've either had personally with folks or I've seen come up in the community. And we say, hey, like your brand probably aligns really well, whether you're an agency or a product, it doesn't matter. Um, it sounds like it aligns really well to this pain point. Like let's create some great content about that particular pain point and not sit there and pitch slap people with your with whatever it is that you got. Um, and so that's, that's essentially what we, what we do. Like we remain uh, platform and, and agency agnostic and we try to create a, a space that is open and educational and uh, really just like elevates marketing operations professionals themselves. Yeah. I love that you said community of practice. I think that's really cool. Can you just explore that idea a little bit? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Community of practice is, uh, as it sounds, um, you know, these are professionals in a very particular field, right? So we've, we've, we've got this niche that we're in. It's a broad one, uh, you know, obviously, because people still throw a bunch of stuff at marketing operations professionals, but it is marketing operations professionals, right? So um, hence marketingops.com and we're not necessarily sales ops. We're not rev ops. Um, we're not CS ops. We, we talk about the practice of marketing operations and trying to establish what it really means to be a marketing operations professional. Um, and so, you know, we do that through our annual research, as I said, and try to create those benchmarks um, where, you know, you understand your salary, sort of your measurements, your KPIs, how do I stack up, getting a pulse check on where do I want to go in my career relative to my peers? I might have answered that question with, I want to manage a team. And you might see a bunch of your peers answer it with, I want to go independent and I want to go, you know, be a consultant or an agency owner. Um, and so we, we pull a lot of that data together and we focus on 
what are the needs of this field in this space um, and focus a lot less on sort of what are the needs of the business, <laughs> right? Um, like that's sort of the difference between a community of practice and then like many of the other types of communities that are out there, right? Um, I was working for a software company building that B2B SaaS customer community and customer advisory board. Look, at the end of the day, the reason that existed was yes, like for enablement, right? Like we want to have opportunities to get customers more adopted and all that other stuff. But really that adoption was in service of supporting the customer, reducing ticket volume, increasing the knowledge and understanding of how to best leverage the tool, and then ultimately driving more renewal, right? Like revenue. Um, It's a really long line to go from support community to revenue. But like the point of that entire endeavor is that it's supporting your customers to try to keep them in how, you know, keep them subscribed. Right. Um, it, it just, there's a difference between all of them. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that all of these seem to go back to your original premise, your original misconception about marketing ops. And that is that it's not strategic and you're <laughs> talking all of these things that are so strategic when it comes to a business function. So I just love that the community of practice is just reinforcing the misconceptions about marketing ops. Like, Hey, we're not just a tactics. We're not just people you throw integrations and automations at. Like we can be a strategic business function in your marketing or entire company department. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that we endeavor to, um, to continue to champion. You know, I have <laughs> took a picture of my whiteboard earlier today because uh, the gentleman in our community was like, Hey, I'm mapping out this whole campaign operations thing. And I think people don't appreciate how complex this is. And his whiteboard's just like, <laughs> stuff everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like look at mine. And mine is like these lines all over the place. And, it, and mine is about life cycle stages, it has nothing to do with campaign ops, um, but equally as complex. And the reason I share that is that like when you think about your customer journey and you're an executive or a product builder or whatever, um, there's a lot of complexity that comes with the journey that your customer is going to go on. And you you're better suited to talk to a marketing operations professional about, well, how do I actually measure that life cycle journey, right? And you'll find very quickly that those that have been around, they have a very strategic perspective on, well, let's think about that, right? So. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for talking through the community that you built. Um, we went did a community episode and really talked about the idea about community fatigue, but I think you've solved it with, again, a community-led community that is doing it for the practice, because what happens when you don't do that, like for instance, um, I was really active in metadata.io community at some point, that's software community. I was using the software, now I don't. So like, it doesn't make sense to me. And similarly, I know Mary, you and I were in exit five when we needed to learn things. Now you and I are teaching others. It's like the community doesn't make sense anymore. So it's just interesting that I think the community can evolve and it, as long as it serves its members, it probably has a place, but if, you're just like too niche or you're just like only serving these people. I think, yeah, I get community fatigue being all of them. I'm like, this is not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like there's, there's a lot of places for marketing operations professionals to hang out. Um, They, they can certainly hang out in our community. Our Slack channel is free. Um, There's other like RevOps marketing ops communities that are out there. um, Many of which offer a sort of a different vibe and you like, 
marketingops.com's MoPros community might not be your jam. And that's okay. Like we have a different flow and a different energy and other groups have, have the, have a different value to offer. Um, but at the end of the day, like knowing that it's a community of your peers and sort of built for and by them, um, I think that does help us. And, and, you know, I, I just look for more and more ways to like get the members themselves to benefit in general, right? Like good example of that is our professor program. Like if you're a practitioner and you could say to yourself, I wish I knew this when, and you want to teach somebody about the, whatever comes after that, whatever the, this is, <laughs> um, you can become a professor on marketingups.com. And then we help get that content, host it and like, uh, deploy it to the community. And then we, uh, have a rising tide model. Like, if you're a member of the community, you get a discount on that course, which is great. Uh, if you're not, you could just purchase it outright. And that professor actually takes like a 50% rev share on whatever price point they set, right? Like I don't set those price points. It's up to them. <laughs> um, and we're here to say like, you've got knowledge and people should know about it. And so like, I would be very happy to like help you have some side hustle income because um, like, not enough people know how to do marketing ops. And so like, that's kind of an example of like building for the community and then like thinking about like, well, how could we not only build for them, but with them? Um, I think it's just, it, that's the unique thing about being a community practice versus any of the other sort of examples. That is such a wonderful example. I love that idea. If I was offered that in the communities I was in, I probably would um, not have fatigue. I'd probably stay around longer. <laughs> same <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so to kind of wrap us up um and mike i appreciate you again for the listeners we're bringing individuals on because they have tactical expertise but every time they talk they have a mindset and they have a strategy approach to it and i think that's what's really important because you can get good at tactics but if you think of this at a higher level um again you're gonna have better outcomes you're gonna do different things um you're gonna talk to people in different ways so that's something i've just been preaching on the show so i'm gonna do it again the last thing I was just give you the floor, Mike, um, to promote your community event you're going to have. Um, and when this episode's out, it's going to be probably about a month before it. So I just want to give you the floor to promote that. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, so we are hosting Mops Apalooza, which definitely borrows its name from a music festival. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, just a, uh, just a one, small one. Just a small one. I mean, it's not a big deal. Um, it was funny. One of my advisors was like, you're going to get sued. And I was like, why? A Palooza is just like a generic term. I don't think so. Yeah. Like if yeah, I hosted in the same location on the same week, maybe. <laughs> um, but you like know, inside so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like. We were kind of joking. I was like, well, what if we did it like right down the street and someone was like coming over? We're like, no, no, no. Like that's over there. And someone's going to the concert and they're like, no, 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 like that's over there. Uh, but anyway, obviously that's not happening. Um, so we're hosting Mopsapalooza. It is a community-led conference for all ops professionals. If you want to learn more about what it takes to do marketing ops and strategy in said function, um, you will hear from CS ops professionals, sales ops and rev ops professionals and marketing ops professionals alike. Um, our goal is to hit 500 attendees in Anaheim, California. So it will be uh, right behind Disneyland, which will be a ton of fun. And it's in November. So usually better weather in California uh, than 
some other parts of the country. Um, and so we, we would love to host everybody. It has, I, uh, we're over 60 sessions across the three days that we're going to be hosting the event. So lots of really great opportunity to learn. And the last part of this plug is um, really, this was born again out of the, the ask of the community. Um, so originally we hosted summer camp and we will continue to do those. Those are 50 person, two and a half day events. Um, very deep learning, 50 people in a room, someone leads a discussion, they all talk together. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so we took that and we said, how do we 10 X that and create that same sort of vibe, leave people with their brains on fire and really feeling like they learned something. Um, but more importantly, feeling like they connected with people and finally found their community. Right. I can't tell you the amount of times people like leave summer camp and they're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, this is like a glorified therapy session. Um, <laughs> and so I really hope that it feels that way for others. Um, but it really did come out of the community. Like they asked us, um, you know, suffice it to say the Marketo champion sort of audience, um, doesn't have as much of a platform to, to, to talk anymore. Uh, Adobe summit has transformed what Marketo summit used to be. So a lot of those folks came, uh, into my inbox or in my Slack channel and they said, is there any way we could do an event? And, and again, sort of pulling it all around full circle, being agnostic to any one provider. We're of course going to not host just a Marketo focused summit, uh, but we will host a summit that is all about sort of the excellence that comes with marketing ops. Because really the principles, the things that go into how to really deploy marketing operations, those are what matter. It doesn't matter if you're on Marketo or HubSpot. Um, those little tactics, those are interesting, but for a different conversation. And so that's why we pulled this whole conference together. So for all the listeners, Anaheim, California, November 5 through 8, right behind Disneyland, Tickets are on sale. They will probably sell out. Uh, we're going to sell it up to 500. So please come join us in person. If you cannot make it in person, we do have a virtual concurrent set of content that we'll be running. We will live stream the main stage. So you'll be able to see the main stage and all of the additional recorded sessions from in person will be available after the event for all of you who bought that virtual pass too. Um, but I would much rather you come experience the event in person which would be way better. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, Mary, do you have any kind of questions for Mike? If now do the wrap up. Yeah. Wrap it up. Love it. Thanks Mike. Mary, of yeah, course. Mike, yeah. appreciate you again, these conversations, like selfishly, Mary and I are always learning something. So that's why I love to bring guests on. I learned a lot today, took some good notes um, for the listeners. This is available on all the places you listen to podcasts. Um, it's on YouTube and whatnot. We are taking guests. Um, other things we're looking for, um, recently is more like ad copywriting so I'll do a post about that but if you're listening and you like it in this show come on um, send me a DM the other thing is enjoy yourself talk to some mops people because they're like really smart they help marketing do better so that'd be my final message to you and, and have a good one listeners